Nothing said something, but it all amounted back to nothing. And if you can follow that math, you're a better person than I am. It's the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. Welcome to the Benefit of a Dowd podcast. I'm your host, Adam Dowd, and this week we're talking about nothing. And once and for all, I just want to say I hate, hate, hate that goddamn name. All the jokes have been told, and they're all, without exception, dumb. And it makes talking about this company borderline impossible. And yes, I'm being a grumpy old man about it, and now get off my lawn. Carl Pay from Nothing took the stage this week and laid out his plans for the future of his company, which happens to be called Nothing. Those future plans? A phone! Hang on, I'm shocked. I need to lie down. So now the Nothing One phone is coming this summer, and if that were all Nothing said, it would have been a news hit, and that's about it. But Carl Pay went on to make some grandiose claims And that's where we run into our issues. So Cliff is going to stop by and we'll chat about it. Plus, in the midst of all that, we'll take a moment to talk about a tech, yeah, that's related, the Nothing Ear One earbuds. Cliff's got them and he has some thoughts. And finally, I think my voice is going to be halfway decent this week, so it should be a fairly normal news show. So let's get to it. Here comes the news of the week. Last May at Google I.O., and by the way, that was two hiatuses ago, Google proudly announced a new feature that would let you delete the last 15 minutes of porn, I mean your search history, from your account. I guess it's in case you're looking for a new family puppy or whatever other lame-ass reason you're going to make your PR people shovel into our mouths. The only problem with this announcement is... Google never released it, much to the chagrin of me and not one but two editors-in-chief at Android Central, me because the how-to was assigned to me, and the EICs because I had to keep telling them the feature wasn't there, so let's kick that can down the road again. But that's not totally true because right around September, I think it was, we noticed that the feature had rolled out to iOS and just what the hell? But whatever the case, Google is finally rolling the feature out. And just to bring my timeline into perspective, this happened after two hiatuses, about 50 episodes, and about four different companies putting their names on my tax return. But that's fine. At least it's here now. And is it exciting? No. Did I bring it up just so I could dunk on Google for however long it took to roll out? Well, Maybe, but that's not the point. The point is, now you can surf for porn. I mean puppies, free of any concern that your family might find out. Speaking of features announced two hiatuses ago and rolling out just now, Arizona is the first U.S. state that will allow your driver's license or state ID to be stored in an iPhone. Arizona beats out Georgia and a handful of other states that have pledged to support the IDs. Here in Illinois, most of our residents don't even have card IDs that match federal standards, which is why I have to fly to Florida with my passport. Florida, you see, is in the United States barely, so I shouldn't have to, but I did. I'm still not positive how awesome this is. Carrying your ID in your iPhone is only useful at the Phoenix airport so far, so it's not widely adopted. I figure 
Ultimately, this is going to be very much like Apple Pay. Sure, you can use your phone, but it's usually just quicker, easier, and you get less confused stares if you just pull out the card. Still, it's progress. I'm not sure it's progress in the right direction, but it's still progress. Apple's new Mac Studio computers rolled out to customers last week, and this week we find out something surprising. The SSD inside the Mac Studio is not soldered to the board. Wait, what? That's right, they are not soldered to the board. Now, in order to get to them, you need to unscrew the box, pull out the rubber ring around the bottom of the machine, unscrew a second panel, pull out the unshielded power supply, and if you do all of that, sure enough, there's the hard drive just waiting to be replaced. That means you can go in there and remove it and replace it and do whatever you want to it. But that's only assuming you never want to turn on your Mac Studio again because it turns out if you jump through all those hoops and put everything back just right, the computer will not power back on. And it's the software that's stopping it. Now, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail about how we learned this, but suffice it to say the methodology was sound. So that means that Apple is intentionally blocking SSD upgrades on the software level. So if you buy a $4,000 computer, $4,000 computer, and you want to make it better, even with one of Apple's own pieces of hardware, Apple just won't let you. So when you try to start up the computer with the replaced hardware, the LED light on the front blinks SOS. The balls that it takes to build this into a product, I'm just in awe of Apple's audacity. Like, if you don't want people to cut out a rubber ring and move past an unshielded power supply and put in a second SSD, then the obvious choice here is just solder in the damn board. You've done it before, why not now? But no, instead, you keep a person's hopes up until it's all reassembled and plugged in, and then you just yank the rug right out from under them on a software level. Not only is this something you intentionally put in, but it's something you intentionally do not take away every damn day. And that is some bushy, Apple. Very, very not cool. And in what might have been just a little bit of karmic justice, Apple's systems all went down on Monday, which affected everything from Apple Music to iMessage to POS retail systems. That's right, those fancy kids at the entrances of app stores all carrying iPads. Yeah, by hour two, they resorted to sending carrier pigeons to the back of the store to tell them someone was waiting. It was... A bit of a mess. The service was down for almost four hours, all told, which is pretty bad. I mean, it's not Facebook levels of bad, but it was pretty bad. Apple's employees had to do all their work on paper, which I think I remember for a decade or so ago was this white stuff that you scratch with a stick to do math. Am I getting that right? Well, anyway, whatever the case, everything came back up. So I guess all's well that ends well. But can you imagine being a brand new Apple customer and standing at the Apple store watching some kid in khakis filling out a paper invoice for you because their tech wasn't working? Not a pretty picture. 
You might recall many moons ago, Windows 11 started ruffling a lot of feathers by requiring a TPM module be in place on the computer and that it be enabled in order to install Windows 11. Gary Sims of Gary Explains talked about this at length when he joined the show back in July. Well, it turns out that saga is not nearly done, as discovered by Digital Trends computing writer Jacob Roach. Jake powered up his custom-built computer one day and noticed a watermark in the bottom right-hand corner of his computer, warning him that his computer did not meet system requirements, and please click here to find out why. When he clicked there, a message advised him that his TPM module was not turned on, even though it was. This led to something of a maze through Microsoft support documentation, ending in Microsoft asking him to run a Windows compatibility checker. The only problem is his computer, which already has Windows 11 installed on it, can't run the compatibility checker because it's not compatible with Windows 11. So just to recap, there's a problem with your Windows 11 build, and the only way to diagnose it is by running a tool that can't be run on Windows 11. Have we figured out the disconnect here, Microsoft? The thing is, the very fact that Windows 11 is on his computer, despite the fact that it's not supposed to be there, means that it can, in fact, be installed. So by adding a watermark, Microsoft is just being a dick about it. A nag screen that pops up and you dismiss is a much better implementation than a persistent watermark. It's simply not a good look, and it's yet another way that Microsoft has managed to botch this Windows 11 rollout. Spotify and Google came to a somewhat interesting agreement this week. Starting soon, both Google and Spotify's payment systems will be options when first signing up for the app. Users will be able to choose which store they want to pay when they first sign up, and presumably that means if they want to use Spotify's payment system, Google won't take its usual 30%. And if you're wondering what that crash was, Tim Sweeney from Epic Games just threw his chair through his office window. There's no indication as to why Google is doing this, though some speculate it's regulatory pressure, which makes sense. You all notice I said Google and not Apple because Tim Cook wouldn't be caught dead allowing an app not to pay 30%. But this is basically what Tim Sweeney has been fighting Apple and Google on for years, even though he's most publicly gone against Apple. And yeah, I'd imagine that he's pretty pissed off about all of this. There's no guarantee when this will all start, or even if it'll stick around long term, but you can bet there are two Tims right now who are very unhappy about this deal and this precedent. And speaking of stories I never thought I would hear, in one of the biggest cases of if you can beat them and are beating them, why not just join them anyway? Uber entered into an agreement with New York City Taxis that says in addition to Uber drivers, you can now summon a regular old New York taxi from the Uber app. You may recall in the early days and the middle days, and okay, pretty much all the days of Uber's existence, it has proven to be an existential threat to cab drivers in most major cities, and in some very unfortunate instances, drove cab drivers into poverty because of the decline in New York City cab shield prices. Basically, a shield is the license you buy for thousands of dollars to become a cab driver in New York. Well, now, in order to make nice... I guess. Uber has agreed to include those same hard-working cab drivers in the app so that when you call an Uber, you know Pam, the nice soccer mom with the minivan pulling in a few extra bucks for her yarn club, well, 
Instead of Pam, you might get Tony instead. You know Tony. Big guy. Black hair. Thinks it's okay to smoke in the car as long as the window is open. So you're expecting Pam, and you get Tony. And I guess this is something Uber had to do to keep operating in New York? Meanwhile, Lyft is over there like, Never mind me, I'm just over here doing my thing. Don't forget to be afraid of the big bad Uber machine. We don't get a miniseries on Showtime to prove how awesome we are or anything. God, I hate Uber. Reviews for the iPhone SE started to drop this week, including Digital Trends' own review, which I've linked in the show notes. But I've also linked to David Kogan, a.k.a. The Unlocker's always excellent real-world test of the iPhone SE. David takes the phone through a normal day in the life of a YouTube creator, including meeting up with his dad to go check out the Batman, which is fun. I simply love Kogan's real-world test videos because he's always going somewhere fun, and he's working the review into the story of his day, which is just an awesome way to do it, and I'm not jealous at all of this idea. Why would you even ask that? Anyway, the main reason I included the real-world test is because of the surprisingly decent nighttime shots that David managed to coax out of the iPhone SE. We're not talking Galaxy Ultra levels of photos here, but surprisingly decent ones nonetheless. David took out an impressive array of phones to test camera photos with, including the 2020 SE, the Galaxy A52, the Pixel 5a, and more, and I have to say... The iPhone SE kind of held its own. Some super dark shots were not good and made worse by the fact that the iPhone SE doesn't have a night mode, but otherwise it stands toe-to-toe with other mid-range phones out there, which is nice to see. On a personal note, I've personally moved into the iPhone SE myself for as long as I can tolerate it, which I'm going to guess is going to be some point on Monday. But stay tuned for that. The good news is Touch ID isn't as bad as it used to be, but it's still not much better. And finally, this is kind of a cool story that came across the feeds, and speaking of which, this story is also the first to come from the Morning Brew newsletter, which just joined my daily newsletter rotation that I use to find stories for you, so welcome, Morning Brew newsletter, link in the show notes. New Zealand is starting to get back into the swing of things, opening borders and such, and part of that involves launching an airline flight nonstop from Auckland, New Zealand to New York City. The flight launches on September 17th and will fly to and from three times per week, but here is the fun part. The plane will fly east from New Zealand and fly for 16 hours, but because of time zones, the plane will land in New York City just 15 minutes after you took off on the same day. Isn't that fun? The return flight leaves JFK at 9.55 p.m., flies 17 hours and 35 minutes, and lands two days later at 7.30 in the morning. Time zones are just messed up, aren't they, folks? My big concern here is having the same pilot and co-pilot in the plane together for 16 hours. I mean, I took a 15-hour road trip with my wife once, and I'll be honest, I was ready to get out and walk the last 60 miles. I hope neither of them eats chili and beans before climbing aboard the flight, because... If you're familiar with OnePlus, you'll know that one of OnePlus's co-founders, Carl Pei, left the company and started up his own company called Nothing. And that name, by the way, drives me absolutely nuts because it's almost impossible to have a serious conversation about a company called Nothing. So this week, Nothing made an announcement. They're coming out with a smartphone to the surprise of basically nobody. But at the same time, Carl Pei 
pitted nothing up against Apple, which is bold, which is crazy, which is dumb. We're here to find out. So Cliff and I are going to talk about nothing for the next half hour. So welcome to the Nothing Podcast, Cliff Thomas. How you doing this evening? <sighs> you know, I always try to give honest answers with this. I I am tired. We were actually going to originally record last night, and I decided to take a nap before the podcast, and the next thing <laughs> I knew, it was 2 in the morning. <laughs> so <laughs> Actually, we were going to record the night before, but you were too tired then. Yeah. And then we were going to record last night, and you died. And then... <laughs> <laughs> it has, and it then has, you like... Yeah. It has been that kind of week. I'll just... Uh, I, yeah, so... Totally agree. Totally agree. So, um, I'm not really sure how this podcast is going to go. Because, like, normally I have kind of like a plan going in. And I, I do have something of a, you know, a sketched out outline of what I want to talk about. But it, it, just in general, I think what I wanted to talk about was Carl Pay's claims that nothing is going to take on Apple successfully or otherwise. Because, you know, Carl Payne made no doubts about it, no qualms, no, 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 I, I, don't, I don't even know what a, a pro appropriate word would be, but he made no bones about the fact that he is gunning for arguably one of the most popular phone makers in the world. And he's got 300 employees and i'm just kind of wondering like is that the best idea i mean like i i kind of see what he's doing i see what he's talking about he's talking about like you know when you buy apple products you're locked into apple's ecosystem fine i guess that's annoying for people but he's claiming that the nothing phone will tie into all the most popular products that you want to use. And by the way, he on his list, he included AirPods. Mm -hmm. As well as, as which, Tesla. Which... which is, I mean, well, just think about the AirPods inclusion. First of all, he's going out on stage to the world and saying, Apple sucks and we're going to take down Apple. And one of the first products that he talks about collaborating with is not only Apple's <laughs> product, AirPods, but also the 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 competitor to literally the only product that <laughs> nothing has made thus far it just seems so weird and speaking of which there is going to be a tech yeah segment where we talk about those nothing earbuds in fact if you want to dive into it right now we can um while i try to wrap my mind around this irony or we can like toss well, it in the middle somewhere so, it's up to you so i dealer's choice the I did watch the video. I really wanted to watch it when, when it was live, but number one, I, I understand that uh, YouTube was having issues, and two, yeah. I was, was knee-deep knee in designing a magazine that was due of all days today, and so I, I just, I, if, if I had multitasked, I probably wouldn't have done particularly well at any of the things that I was trying to multitask with, so I kind of had to make a choice there, but I did watch it, and... Same I mean, I know he does say he wants to compete with Apple, but it was a little more. It, it was just it felt very nebulous, you know what I mean? Like it, it he, which of course, because they don't want to say too much, they're not gonna they're not going to, um, you know, offer a lot of details. Um, right. You know, I, I will say this: what it reminded me of just when he's talking about nothing as a company wanting to work with um, 
other products to bring them uh, to not lock anybody into their ecosystems and bring other other companies formerly like siloed things into the fold to work with their device. It actually reminds me of of um, a company whose intellectual property they purchased earlier, another startup. I guess it was actually last year that they purchased this, but the rights to the branding and I guess some of the engineering from uh, from um, Essential. Essential, right? And yeah. if you rem- so, so one of the things that Essential – was Essential working did make on some of those claims, didn't they? They did. Now you mention it. They did. Now you mention it. Specifically, yeah. what they were trying to produce was uh, a smart speaker or smart device that brought in all of the artificial intelligence. Um, how what would you call it? A digital assistant, I guess. Yeah. Um, from the time, so it, back then that was also Cortana. So they wanted to make all of those work through one device, which sounds awesome in theory. But in practice, it just has so many issues because number one, those are all, you know, limited to uh, each of the different companies, except for I guess I guess with, um, Alexa. with with Amazon, with yeah, with yeah, Alexa, canceled. and with and with Cortana, you can actually license and bring it onto other things. But right, I just I don't know how they were like targeting those APIs, like bringing it all in and making it a good experience, and we never got to actually see it in practice because essential. Went it under for a month. Right, exactly. It was basically vaporware, or you know, even if they did have something working in the background. But that that whole idea is what is, is was what Carl talking about what he did in the video reminded me of, and I thought it, and I did think it was really funny. They also own stuff from Essential now, right? Uh, and, I, and I and I just don't know what it really means. All I can say is it is interesting that they're also he talked about in that video that. They would not be opposed to being, um, uh, like like a white. I don't want to say white label manufacturer, but but a consulting on, on um, you know, creating products for other companies, as well as yeah. creating their own. And, and, yeah, and so that that opens up a whole new dimension for nothing as a company, and I, I can see how that you know could bring in income and when when they don't have a huge uh, product portfolio, so I. I still, I just don't know what it means. It, it just, it, like I said, it feels nebulous. It feels, uh, like you said, ambitious, maybe dumb, but it feels that way because we don't have any details. And in the absence of all that, all we can do is speculate, right? Right. And I mean, the thing is, I've had, I've had conversations with a number of like insiders in the mobile industry, and what a, I think what nothing's biggest problem is going to be is going is going to be is just getting the name out there finding the brand recognition like they've got a lot of brand recognition coming over from like the one plus faithful which is great like and if you watch the you didn't watch you didn't watch the live stream but i was you know trying to watch it while i was waiting for youtube to sort out its issues there were people in the chat like oh one plus is going down oh yeah it's just like fine but and and you know the other one of the other thing one of the other tenets that uh, Carl Pay fell back on was the idea of community. You know, talking with the community. Right. So like that's very one plusian of. I them. mean, the whole thing felt very one uh, uh, like OG, like first couple of years one in plus. business one plus. Yeah, I mean, from really not giving a lot of details <laughs> to to stressing community, um, yeah. to. Um, 
to to be to being ambitious beyond what you would think they're actually capable of. Except the difference is, and is that, and it wasn't really discussed all of that, and we didn't really know the business relationship so much at that time. And what I mean is, they had the um, the 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 parts been in in I guess financial backing of BBK, right? So at least right. they had. <laughs> something to fall right. back on. Nothing doesn't have that, at least that we know. I mean, they're they're truly a, a startup, and, and have shipped and one product. You, right, exactly. And, and 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 from a phone perspective, like just breaking into the United States basically requires a carrier agreement. There's no way around it. You 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 deal with. T-Mobile, you deal with Verizon, you deal with AT&T, or you do not sell phones here. I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. Uh, but even from like an ecosystem perspective, when you think about what he was saying, you know, we're going to try to build this one thing service that works with everything. That sounds very Samsungian too. Like Samsung's sure. Bixby was supposed to work with like a whole bunch of other different uh, you know products and services, but. When you when you stop and consider that if Apple is your target, so many other companies, so many other much, much bigger and richer companies have tried to take down Apple and Apple is still doing just fine today. I mean, it's just it just it I don't understand the logic behind putting Apple in the crosshairs and you know, and and telling everybody we're gonna come uh, come after Apple. That I mean, just make a good phone, guys. And you know, well, if you make a good phone, Apple will notice, right? I mean, am I wrong there? No, no, you are right. But I think <laughs> I think if you're if you're talking about Carl Pay, you also have to realize I think this falls back to um, the <laughs> the old, the old, the OG OnePlus strategy. You know what it reminds me of, actually. <laughs> it, it is that it, it this happens sometimes in boxing where you have like or or you know where you have an unknown boxer that says that they're they're going to take down whoever and that's usually you know somebody that's an established entity right and that match probably never happens but at the same time it builds hype gets the name out there for uh you know because what apple is in no danger of being taken out by anybody especially anybody. someone like you know, nothing. not even the federal government. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> so yeah, nothing really it can't offer them too much in the way uh, of a fight. And I don't, I don't think that's their intention. It's a way to create an artificial controversy that gets their name out. And this is, it's just ground grassroots marketing. That's my opinion. And and when you think about it, we're living proof that it's working sure. because here we are talking about it. Right, we're, exactly. We're, talk, we're discussing the whole thing, even if we're talking about how absurd it is. Um, you know, here we are. But let's let's look at let's look at the logistics here. You know, nothing wants its phone to work with a number of different other companies. Let's figure out what that would take. You know, because I, I, because I'm I'm kind of wondering like I. I have to think that if Tesla was mentioned by name, maybe the groundwork is already there, that you'll be able to use your nothing phone to unlock your Tesla car. Maybe can you already do? I don't have a Tesla. Well, so see, I don't that's know. the thing. Can you I, already do that if you have like an Android app or something? I don't I mean, understand the. I don't. I don't understand the. 
the Tesla thing because Android phones already work with a Tesla, just like and and, and maybe there's some deeper integration right, that like they're talking about that that yeah. you know I I don't know, um and I and I think at least with the original Apple AirPods that they technically would work with an Android phone. You just didn't get the the software enhancements and like the, I think they still and, do and the and the rapid connection, the quick connect, whatever Apple calls it. Um, yeah, you know that, uh, that. I think I think they still do. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that. I again, it's really. I, this is why I go back to with what he was saying. I don't understand what he's really talking about because it, it, you know, and, and maybe I need to go back and rewatch it again. But it 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 just felt like a, a lot of words, and with, with no, with, all with, flash with, and no substance, oh, basically. I, I guess. I mean, but here's the thing. I mean, I I think nothing is is is, is um. In a lot of ways, I don't want to say it's model after Apple, but I think they value some of the same things outside of a walled garden, and I think that's where they they definitely differ based on what Carl Pay is saying, right? But they they are a design first kind of company, right? I mean, if you look at what they talked about, what they actually showed of of uh, you know what what it, what is Nothing to be the, the the yeah, so they showed for for the uh, phone one is what they're initially calling their their phone uh yeah so nothing os which you know is is just a skin on top of android that um you know has some interesting um ties back to their branding with with the uh font choices that they're using with you know that they Mm -hmm. go back to the dot matrix he talked about sound design which i i would agree with him and i and i like he he said that sound design is very important i would agree with that yeah And, and that is something that apple has always been very good at going Going back even to the original Mac, um, and then I, I think something else that they were OnePlus was really good at at when when Carl Pay was there, and I think this was had a lot to do with him was haptics, something else that Apple is really good at. So mm. it seems like their core values are to offer a, a, a very uh, tightly integrated and and um, nice experience from like just just handling and, and using the device. Um, yeah. and, and consistent consistencies with the design that feel very Apple-esque in terms of the language that they were using. Now, and, beyond that, I don't know, because that, I mean, that doesn't mean you're directly competing with Apple <laughs> in any right. kind of a meaningful way. But I know you're but, talking you know, about integrating things then. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like, speaking of design, um, you have some some earbuds there that are very nicely designed, and maybe we can transition on over into yeah, the so, tech. So let's yeah, talk so about, let's talk about... Uh, nothing real quick and some of the, the things that they've done on, on the design side, right? So right. I'm holding in my hands the um, updated, this is the black version of the Nothing Ear One earbuds, their first product that they launched. Um, okay. And they hired, and I I don't know, if I don't think they bought the company, so I think they just hired uh, Teenage Engineering, which if you're into uh, like uh, synthesizers, uh, you know, making your own music with like MIDI and stuff like that. You know, you might know Teenage Engineering from uh, the synthesizers that they've created, and they have a very yeah. like whimsical. And, and also the cartoons. Michelangelo is my favorite. <laughs> That's a little bit different, but uh, so so yeah. they hired a company that that uh, in teenage teenage engineering that that uh, designed this product, and their and their design aesthetic is this is this clear, which goes back to the nothing label, right? So the case is clear. I'm actually showing this on video, and even the stems for the earbuds are some are, are clear, and you can see, even if it is like just kind of like an affectation. What's that? 
Like the components inside? Right, or? you can see some of the components and uh, um, where where the contact points are for charging. And, and, and it, it is, is definitely different. You don't see, you know, something like this, this sort of style of design minus like the, the coloring was something that Apple did with the original iMac. Uh, when, you right. know, with the Bondi Blue one that they launched and then uh, from there. I mean, it's and, and that actually launched, I don't know if you remember, like the late 90s through like the early 2000s, there were all sorts of products that like adopted that. Like, you remember like cordless phones that were clear? <laughs> it's just all sorts of different things that, that that adopted that. So, yeah, so that's their design aesthetic. And I, it looks like they're trying to do something similar um, to carry that through uh, to the um, phone. But going so but these are in the end, these are uh $100 earbuds that have a, a, a cool case. Um, and they are comfortable. They're lightweight. The mm-hmm. sound is, is good. They have uh, uh, active noise cancellation. That is okay. Okay. Um, so, you know, when you're talking about earbuds, especially around this point, I mean, it, 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 there, there's so many different... Uh, competitors out there and and yeah. you know they, these definitely stand out you know from from the perspective of they, they give you a lot for the money they have wireless charging uh and, and oh they do yes nice and uh and then you can also charge them via uh usb-c they they uh integrate i forget what google's term for the it fast is but pairing it's thing? the fast the fast pairing exactly which yeah. which i haven't seen a lot of headphones use i think um see there was like i can't remember the name of the company that went when uh before the pixel buds launched and that standard first came out there was a company that had a few different headphones and then but it's mostly the pixel buds that are are famous for using those so in that perspective they're actually more like an apple product than a lot of other earbuds that i've used where basically if i open Mm. the case before i even have them in my ears you can hear them chime and 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 uh you know they're connected to whatever phone i've paired them with before they do have a they do have a companion app which is nice a lot of um Lesser earbuds in terms of price. That's that, I think that's where they maybe they save some money by not developing something on the app side. Um, the app, I think, it's funny actually. The companion app that goes with these is very similar to uh, the rest of nothing in terms of what I guess you would call their design ethos. Because, which is I guess in a lot of ways is kind of like Apple. Like as an example, there are presets for sound, but you can't create your own custom equalizer because they're just trying to keep things, in my opinion, yeah. simple. Right. What about uh, like customization of like the taps and the commands yes. and stuff like that? Can you do that? Yes, you can. So uh, you can actually customize them for each of the different earbuds. They are they have uh, a capacitive uh, um, like a, just on on the stem and on, on the uh, the outside of the earbud, earbud itself. Yeah. Right. So you can swipe up and down to uh, raise and lower the volume, and then you can customize really? the amount of taps. Cool. Yeah, that part is really cool, and it works really well. That's neat. Um, supposedly when they, when they first, the, the, when these originally launched, it did not work that well, but, uh, which is why I actually waited to purchase these because I, I, you know, it's a new company and, yeah. uh, I mean, you're almost usually when you, when you buy a product like that, you kind of almost become a beta tester. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I, what about, um, do they have the in-ear detection? Yes, they do like, have, they okay. have inner, yes, they have inner, in-ear detection, which is really nice. So yeah, especially with me, I mean that you do have the ability to, um, do the hear through thing if you want as well with these yeah the, yeah but I, I just culturally at least when you're in like a work environment talking to someone while you, while you have earbuds or especially if you have over-the-ear headphones on it just feels a little off especially if it's your boss so yeah if i take mm. these out it actually stops the music which is really nice 
Um, but yeah, the app is I really am, awesome. I'm currently testing a set of earbuds that does not have that, and it's really annoying. It is very annoying, and it, and it does work really well. So yeah, I'm like they get this; these earbuds get all of the basics right, and I think they're priced right too. 100 bucks for these is 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 a very fair asking price. And yeah. I will say the one thing I the case is kind of big. I don't have another set of earbuds here to compare to, but I will tell you that mm-hmm. it's. Uh, it's like a third again wider than the Pixel uh, Buds A that I have, um, mm, but okay. but it's lightweight and I mean it's definitely pocketable. And here's what's something that I think this just goes back to the design, right? I'm, I'm gonna put this close to the camera. It's not gonna be anything that people on the uh, listening to the audio portion will appreciate. But it's got this little indentation. Yeah, uh, what is that? So it's it it serves to if you actually open it up here. It's almost like a thumb indentation. It is. It's exactly the, the size of your thumb, but it also hold when you close the top of the case, it holds. The earbuds, like if you're, if they were to get jostled around, it presses down onto both of those earbuds so that they don't like to come. make sure that they stay Correct. charging. But yeah, because it is you. the size okay. of your thumb, it almost becomes like a little fidget spinner. A little fidget spinner. Yeah, yeah. And I think <laughs> I think that's intentional. It's kind of like it reminds. I wouldn't me, doubt it. It reminds me of like uh, the older Motorola phones, and actually, I think they still have it, where you had the indentation where the Motorola logo was on the back. That eventually yeah. became uh, where, where the uh, fingerprint sensor went later on. Motorola phones still have that, by the way. Yeah. But <laughs> well, just, some of them, uh, some of <clears throat> some of them do. Yeah. I'll just put it that way. Uh, yeah. Well. So yeah, I I really honestly have been pleasantly surprised by these earbuds. It takes a lot. Like I I have definitely heard much better sounding earbuds. Um, mm-hmm. But you know you're you're spending two hundred dollars on those. So so I, yeah. I don't think for most people it would be worth it. Uh, especially for everything that these pack in for the price. Um, I, I would definitely recommend these. I mean, they're actually my go-to right now, and I have six or seven different pairs that I could choose from, <laughs> including yeah. better-sounding ones. I have the uh, MX-3s. I'm just, like, shortening that the the from Sony. From uh, Sony, right? yeah. Which sound amazing, but the, the case is, like, the size of a wallet. It's huge, and the earbuds are also gigantic. And so... You know, if I was at home all the time, oh, I guess we should talk about battery life real quick. I, I would say they're yes. they're actually they're pretty good. I I have been using these without recharging them. Did I mention these have cheat charging? Yes, you did. Okay, so cheat charging. Yeah, that's right. I did. Uh, but I I have been listening to these for probably without recharging them for like three weeks, and they're down. They're now down to thirty percent in the battery. And granted, I'm okay. not using them all day. I'm kind of swapping back and forth. So, I, sure, I. I don't know if they have the most amazing battery life, but just for me who casually listens to them, I mean, I haven't had to recharge them yet. So take that for what it is. Well, it's kind of a yeah. hard thing to measure just in the same it way that really it's hard is. to do with, with uh, smartphones because everybody uses them differently. So I can only yeah. speak from my perspective. But yeah, I, I think between the interesting design um, and all the features that are built in, the sound quality, which is pretty good, and then the app, which isn't super feature rich, but you know gives you quick access to the things you need. And, and then I think it seems uh, fairly well designed. I like the product. I do. And and it gives yeah. me hope for, okay. um, because I, they're also actively updating it with firmware and uh, as far as the earbuds themselves and the app, which gets updated every once in a while, I, it gives mm-hmm. me hope that, you know, once we get a, a phone um, that hopefully, you know, they'll also, I mean, what did Carl pay say like uh, three years of, Soft, no, two years of software updates and three years of security updates. Was that right? For the phone, they said yeah. three and four. Uh, three and actually. four. Okay. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. So, uh, so like, so go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just, I was just gonna go ahead and trans uh, transition on back to the main uh, conversation regarding the nothing, sure. and the nothing phone one, and 
and whatnot. I, and I think, like, in general, I think the phone is probably going to turn out to be very similar to what we saw in the early stages of OnePlus. You know, a very well-designed phone, very well-designed skin. Uh, I, I like the fun little thing that they did with the voice recorder where they oh, have, like, the mm-hmm. manual scrubber, you know, right, reel. exactly. That, that was... Mm-hmm. That was kind of well, cool, that's, too. That's the kind of details that also app, that, that Apple does, and then I keep going back to where I do see some similarities in their approach to design. Yeah. And... So, like, I, I personally, I think it would have been a better idea for Carl Pay to come out and say, nothing is going to be a lot like Apple. Not we're going up against Apple. Like, right. if you want to be like Apple, that's fine. Like, we're going to put a premium on design. We're going to put a, um, a, a a premium on, you know, cost efficiency. Or, you know, we're going to make sure that all the devices in our ecosystem work great. And we're going to even expand that ecosystem out to other devices. Like, if they had said all that, we're not having this conversation right now. There would have right. been a one-minute news hit, you know? Well, <laughs> but, I think, but I think that's the point. Right? That's the point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's that's probably exactly the point was, you know, going, we're gonna, going, go ahead. Go, I was gonna say, just going, circling back to what you were talking about with um, uh, carrier relationships and, and, and in terms of uh, a startup or new phone manufacturer having success, at least in our market. Yeah, I agree with you. That is that is a very hard road to, to haul. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, because I, I keep coming back to Essential, because there, there are some similarities, right? Because it, I was thinking about some of the other small companies that that were uh western in western markets right so now i'm not thinking of like a, a xiaomi or something like that that have sure um because that's just a, that's such a different although it does i mean actually let's talk about xiaomi real quick it does sound like with right. because uh xiaomi obviously a different company now right in terms of size but they have always considered themselves kind of a lifestyle company um i mean they have a whole lot of different products besides just smartphones um, yeah, and, it, and so yeah, that definitely. that is like an ecosystem of products, right? I mean, they they they've they've made a micro four thirds camera, they make computers, they make TVs, they make um, lighting stuff. I mean, just a whole broad range of things, and they and Speaking they have for which, a long time. Show me, call me, anyway. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and it, it it did sound like maybe that's sort of where they want to go, based on what they were saying, and the fact that they've hired uh, Dyson's former lead engineer. Or or head of design speaks to that, right? So that's yeah. that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so so going, what I was actually going to say is they they remind me a lot of Essential um, in terms of companies that have tried this in our market and are kind of set up in a similar way. Not just because obviously they uh, nothing bought the rights to their product, uh, you know, in terms of like right. patents and things like that, but because yeah. with with both the, both of their founders have relationships in the industry with Andy Rubin being obviously one of the co-founders of of Danger and then uh, Creative Android. Um, yeah. but then you know Carl Pay coming from BBK group, so you know, Oppo and and OnePlus and all of that. Um that that gives them an advantage over uh, over another company, right? That that might be trying to do the same thing, and and I think what's different about essential and 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 nothing versus like uh, what was the next bit, right? And the next bit to me, when they made a phone, almost felt like just a, a way to get the company bought for their software because it was it was a vehicle for that cloud based software for their apps and stuff like that. I don't know if they yeah. ever actually planned on making 
<laughs> many more phones that you know it was like a it was whatever a, happened with next i mean like whatever happened to that that's they got that bought IP. by I'm, they got bought by um Ra- uh, razor which oh, is why if you right. actually that's go right. back and look at like the razor phone and then the razor phone too it has very similar design language to the uh, next i, I Robin. remember that I remember that. So, okay. so that's where it's different, right? And, and and Essential did have a carrier relationship with T-Mobile, if I remember right, and maybe Verizon. I think they were, or no, it worked with Verizon. It was certified by Verizon eventually. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah I think that's necessary. I still don't. I don't know that that's enough. I mean, what OnePlus went a long time before they, um, you know, before they sold phones or through carriers, and and yeah, and I. I Six generations. You know, but when you have the backing of a large company, you can afford to do the Amazon thing <laughs> and work at a loss, right? Um, yep. I don't. I and nothing doesn't have that. No, I so, mean they're. Actively... I mean nothing does have nothing does have a bunch of investors, and they're opening up you know community investment as Correct. well. I got an email is... from them uh, today, actually. Yeah, which is interesting. I don't think I'm going to be investing. No. But anyway, no. um, I just yeah, I just I'm not sure I buy that particular vision. And so, like, you know, again, if they had come out and said we're going to be like Apple because we're going to put a premium on design and we're going to make just really good quality products that all work together, then maybe I would have been an right. investor. But, like, I, I'm not sure I'm buying the the, co- the company line at this point. So but, here's an interesting um, thought, right? So does so, – so let me take a step back. Nothing is talking about an ecosystem of products, right? And they – I mm-hmm. think they said they have a roadmap for like four products to launch this year, of which one of is a phone. So the question right. is, does nothing to be successful have to be successful at selling a phone? Or can they recover from that and still sell other things? I'm just curious on your opinion. I think, you know, it, it, it goes back to the the video that Michael Fisher actually just put out. Mm. Regarding the next doc, and he started it off by you know he started off like the the first minute and like this is a completely this is a very Michael Fisher thing like this is the dream. Well, no, because it's like completely out of left field. You know, like they said that you know cameras would would uh, uh, you know right. They he basically listed off all the reasons why people were like expecting smartphones to fail and how smartphones just basically steamrolled over. Digital cameras, landlines, it's MP3 and like players. now it's MP3 p- players, and now it's coming up against like laptops. Right, basically. right, yeah. And it's like that is not a story I ever would have told. So Michael Fisher is a freaking genius, and just God bless him. Basically, the, the the thesis statement of that was, you know, basically all this stuff is centered around the smartphone. So can you? be a smart tech company without having a smartphone sure i mean you look at anchor you look mm. at you know you know eufy brand is where i'm going with that obviously and you look at you know any number of smart home products you know yeah you can make smart products you could make earbuds and have nothing to do you know helm was one company that we talked to last last mm-hmm. summer that makes it exclusively makes audio products yes you can do that um but in order to fulfill, I think, what nothing's ambition right. is, you need to have a successful smartphone product. Because I think the smartphone is the hub right. of any other smartphone, any, any other smart technology, whether it's headphones, whether it's 
a vacuum cleaner, whether it's, you know, a smart bike or an e-bike or something like that, you know, it all comes back to the smart, the smartphone and the app that's running on that smartphone, which is why, so, which is why Xiaomi yeah. is such an interesting comparison, right? As like the, right. the possible future of, of nothing, maybe not right. in, in such an expansive way, but, but I, I don't think that you would have had the rest of the products that Xiaomi now has in their portfolio if they had not sold sold phones at a 5% right. profit level and sold so many, right? I think that all one begat exactly. the others, right? So, I mean, it's just a question of, you know, it's a question of goals. It's a question sure. of, like, what nothing actually wants to accomplish. And, you know, we've, we've learned, like you said, very nebulously what nothing wants to accomplish, but I don't think we have the full story yet. Right. And I don't think we've realized, I don't think, Nothing has telegraphed what they will settle for, and I'm not trying to make a pun there. I'm not trying to make a pun there, but you know, because it's one thing to have ambition. It's you know, you 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 set out with like three targets: your right. best case scenario, your worst case scenario, and where you think you'll likely end up. Right. And we've seen the best case scenario. Carl Pay has told us what the best case scenario is. I think we have an idea as to where they would, where they realistically think, but we don't know what their worst case scenario is. So, so I mean, it's it's just a matter of you know finding out, and you know, obviously, we will be covering nothing more, ex more, right. uh, what's the word, extensively, I guess, that in the future as news develops. Mm -hmm. But for now. I think we have spent plenty of time talking about nothing. What do you think? Yeah, I will just say one like closing thought, and that's you know, yeah. do you remember the, the the days? Of course, you do. You know, 2012, 2013, 2014, back when you didn't have screen, you know, uh, 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 products leaked the way they do now, and mm. the mystery was part of the fun, and that I think is is why now nothing can be can build the hype that it is like kind of like one plus did, but almost, almost to a, a larger because degree, right? Because they, I mean, they're, they're giving you just that little tiny little morsel. Phone. They just <laughs> showed screenshots and some animations from yeah. the OS and they're not telegraphing their punches. Like we really have no idea where they're going with it. So right. I'm excited for right. that. I'm glad that companies are doing that again. And it, and it makes me wish that other companies would do this too. Cause it just, it creates that excitement. I, I don't want to know like Google's almost on the exact opposite. They're like, Oh, you're going to leak our products. Well, here it is six months in advance. <laughs> yep. And I think, um, you know, I think whatever the skin that uh, that they release, the launcher that comes right. out in April, whatever smartphone I happen to be using at the time is going to be running that because I'm curious. Mm. So unless, of course, I'm still on iPhones, but I won't. Be. I'm, I won't. Be. I, I'm done with iPhones after this week. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where they come. And, you know, summer is a very even even just the word summer is a very nebulous thing, because that could be June. That could be and, you know, yeah. almost into September. So we'll right. have to see when that phone actually does launch. We'll have to see if digital trends will be among those covering it, which I'm sure that I'm sure we will be, if, at least if I have anything to say about it. And right now I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, um, you know, good luck to nothing. I, I, I wish them the best, you know, but. Yeah, and I, I still hate. You know what? I Actually, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say. That. 
I, I would wish you the best if you would just change your damn name. But for now, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing to the podcast if you enjoyed it. And if you really enjoyed it, I would love it if you would write a review for the show. And if you want some early access, jump onto Patreon at patreon.com slash benefit of the doubt. You can write to the show by visiting benefitofadoubt.com slash contact. I'd like to thank co-producer Cliff for coming on and talking about nothing and for all of his hard work behind the scenes. But most of all, and as always, I'd like to thank you for for listening and for giving me the benefit of the doubt.